Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Uh, Luke chapter number 2, and I, I call your attention to verse number 46. This is where my message will come from, from the verses following here. Uh, and if you study your Bible, you'll know that this is the very first song, the very first song in the New Testament. And it's not coming from a group of people. Oftentimes, you read in the book of Psalms where that a song would have been sung and there would have been a mass choir. They would have sung that together. And don't you know that would have been an amazing sound, amazing sight to watch and to witness. But in the New Testament, we have a song of Mary. And it's just one person singing it for only she could sing this song. I'd love to share with you a lot of things about that's going on in this song. And I hope that we can get into the meat of this, but I've got to jump back a little bit uh, in chapter number one because I want to build a case for this song that's developing in your minds as we study the Word of God. The Bible shows us in chapter number one of Luke uh, some very peculiar facts to me. They're peculiar because sometimes we read it and we'll flash through the Word of God and we'll miss these very important facts that God wants us to have. There's two other people in chapter number one that I want to call to your attention before we get to our text. One of them being a Levite. In other words, he was a minister in the house of the Lord. And I bet you guessed who that was. This would have been John the Baptist's daddy, Zachariah. He was a minister of the Lord. And his job was to build the fire, so to speak, there around the holy things of God, and he would go into that holy place and minister unto the Lord. The second one in this uh, message today would be his wife, Elizabeth. And I love that name, Elizabeth. Don't you? Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful name, Elizabeth? So Zechariah and Elizabeth were old, and the Bible says they were well stricken in years. And this is part of the Christmas story. Uh, Elizabeth had, had uh, gotten to the place where that she had wondered, will I ever have a, a son of my own? Isn't it amazing that God works in the mysterious things when things seem like have no hope, there's no way that it's ever going to work out, then lo and behold, there's God. And Zechariah was being moved on by the Holy Spirit of God and then Elizabeth was going to bear a child in her old age. Anybody remember the story about Abraham and Sarah and how that God did that miraculous work in them? And in fact, Zechariah was in the temple and he was praying and he was seeking God and it was his time to go into the temple and do the work of a Levite. And while he's in there doing that work, the Bible says... Somebody comes to him, and he's the third person that I want to talk, talk to you about in this storyline that comes. Uh, he comes from another world. His name is Gabriel. 
Anytime you see Gabriel's name mentioned in the Bible, and by the way, he is an archangel. He sees what God sees in the heavenlies. And could you imagine being Zechariah there in the temple ministering? You've built a fire. You're praying. Everything's laid out in an order. And then all of a sudden, you've got a heavenly visitor in your presence. And I want to show you some facts that lead up uh, to this song that's taking place. John uh, the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was in the temple and there while he is uh, praying, the Bible shows us some important facts. Watch this. Zechariah, in verse number 5, I want you to read this quickly with me. In the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zechariah, of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Watch verse 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They were in a position where that 400 years of silence had come. God had not spoken through a prophet. There had been nobody out preaching publicly anyway. There had been nothing going on for 400 years, but God shows up through this priest, through the angel Gabriel. Their plight was, was unbearable. They didn't know what was going to happen next, and, and it's much like it is today. This is the first advent of Jesus Christ, and now here we are, 2,000 years waiting for somebody to help us out of our troubles and our plight in the world that you and I are living in. But I want you to not remember God's promise. You cannot read the Word of God without remembering the promises that God has made. I could go all the way back to Abraham and Isaac and remember those promises that could not be broken by God. When God says something, He's going to make it come to pass. And time and time again through the Word of God, we see where that the Lord does that, that awesome work of bringing things to pass. But now 400 years of silence and all of a sudden the minister's in his place and the angel Gabriel comes and he speaks and awakens this man to what God is doing. I want to show you something that I find somewhat comical in verse number 18, the Bible says, And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? So he'd given him a message, Gabriel had, and he, he, he asked a question back to the angel, and he said, For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And there's something about the English language that is a bit confusing to me. If you're not there in the physical presence sometimes of two people speaking, Sometimes you'll miss the dialogue of what actually is being said. They put a question mark there. And, and it's not that the angel or, or, or that Zechariah was, uh, uh, was questioning himself or that he was in the presence of an angel. He's, he began to doubt. That question mark is a doubt on Zechariah's, uh, uh, Zechariah's belief. Anybody ever doubted God? An angel has been sent to you and he's got a message straight from the throne of God and you're doubting the angel that God has sent? 
And for this cause, I believe that Zechariah was going to spend the next nine months and eight days, if you, if you study it correctly, nine months and eight days in silence. He couldn't speak because the angel Gabriel, I believe he snickered a little bit when, when that message came. He said, you don't believe me? You don't believe that, I, that I've got a message from God? He said, just for this, you're not going to be able to speak. And he comes out with, a, with, a, with his heart filled, and he comes out, and he's got a, a rejoicing message to give, and he couldn't even say anything. Almost entitled today's message on Zachariah's dumbness. But I didn't think you would like that. Zachariah was dumbfounded. And lo and behold, Elizabeth conceives... And she's carrying not only the forerunner, but the cousin of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was through this family that God was going to shake the nation of Israel, that He was going to awaken a whole nation to the coming of the great Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I love to study about all the prophets in the Bible, uh, but John the Baptist was such a unique man. He was an amazing man of God. He didn't perform miracles, but through the the power of His Word, He would preach to the nation of Israel and awaken them to sin and slumber and they would be a nation prepared for the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't God amazing how He lines it all up? Now let's get to Mary. She's another person that I want to show you about in the Bible. Now before I say anything else about Mary, I've said this before at Christmas and I need to say it again because many faiths today take Mary to a higher place than where she really belongs. And if Mary was here today, I believe that she would give witness and testimony to this. Do not worship me. Do not put me up on a plane higher than I ought to be. But let me just be the beloved mother of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't worship Mary. We don't pray to Mary. But we hold her in high esteem for the work that God did. And I want you to consider something with me in this Bible or Christmas story, just consider you're a Jewish lady. 400 years of silence now. You get a message in, uh, from the angel Gabriel. Not, not only did Elizabeth and John get a message, but now Mary gets a message privately. And she is, a, uh, she is betrothed unto uh, Joseph. Now that means that they were not married yet. They were spoken for, and it was almost like it was an arranged marriage. Let's consider you've got a message from the angel Gabriel that you're going to conceive and bear a child and you're already betrothed. And by law in the book of Deuteronomy, you study the scriptures. If a woman gets pregnant out of wedlock, there's a lot of things that could have taken place if the father did not speak up and so forth and so on. In some cases, they would have literally killed that person, slain them with rocks, and it would have been a gruesome and awful death. And I ask you a question this morning. If you were that young mother, Mary, and now you're with child, the angel Gabriel says that you've got a cousin in another place somewhere else that she's with child, and he is a Levite, and he is a priest the last person you would go to would be a Levite because he's the one that could bring charges against you. But Mary knew what the message was and that what God had done. She's now with child and she goes to Elizabeth who's in her sixth month 
the sixth trimester of carrying John the Baptist, as soon as the salutation was made unto, unto Elizabeth that she was with child, the Holy Spirit touched John the Baptist and they began to rejoice together. Isn't that amazing? And God is putting it all together. Now Mary... Out of all the maidens in the land of Israel, of all the young ladies in Israel, of all the young women of Israel, God handpicked Mary. And there are some things that I want to show you that I see in Mary that I wish to God that every young lady in this church uh, would, would have inside of her. First of all, she was a righteous woman. She was righteous in the, in the sense that she was a, worship, a worshiper of God even though there was a 400-year period of silence. And today, churches folding up, locking their doors, can't pay the power bill, can't keep their lights on, can't keep people coming to the church. Uh, and I, I, no spirit in the church, no spirit in the singing, nothing good going on. And I've got a lot of pastors that are telling me, they're saying, Pastor, I don't know what we're going to do. I want to tell you something, when the going gets tough, that's when your character must rise up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to be faithful. We're going to serve God. And Mary was one of those people. She served the Lord. And she loved God, but I want you to notice, not only was she righteous, uh, but she was humble. She was humble. And I'm going to get to the song in just a minute. I don't normally say these many facts before we get to the message, but... Uh, it won't take me long to preach the message after I get these facts out. She was humble. Being humble and having humble, uh, a spirit of humility goes a long way with God. This world does not like a humble young lady anymore. I was, I've gotten where I like to, well... I researched some about the, the Appalachian Mountains and the way that our ancestors lived during Christmas. And most of the time, during Christmas, our ancestors were not so humble. They were more rowdy than they were humble. Christmas was more of a drunken party and a feast. That's what it was. These moonshiners would come out of the mountains from their whiskey Stills, and they were carrying uh, guns with them, and they would fight at the drop of a hat. Somebody said, Preacher, why are you talking about our family that way? Well, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. But in God's eyes, God's still like someone that can get humble and be humble. And I, I ask you this morning, how hard is it for you to get humble? What would it take for you and I to get humble? I will never, ever forget one of the most humbling times at this church that I've ever witnessed when corporately everybody got humbled. You know what it took? A death. Mary was a person who could get humble before God. Never be ashamed of your tears. Never be ashamed of your worship. And oftentimes when you can get humble, you're ready to worship. You can get ready to worship, and Mary was humble. Not only that, Mary was a virgin. This, this is the 
message of Christmas. And today we are witnessing uh, many people who are walking away from the faith. They're, like Jude said, they, they started with us, they walked with us, but they went on their own tangent, in their own way, and they have forsaken the simple biblical truths of the Word of God. And if you do away with the virgin birth of Jesus Christ in our Bible, we have nothing, absolutely nothing to stand on as Christians and believers. Believe it, accept it, receive it, and take it home with you and, and, and just believe it in your heart because that's what the Bible says. Now listen, not only, and here's the fourth thing I want to give you. She was, she was espoused, as I've already said to Joseph, and I've explained a little bit about that earlier. She was espoused, engaged to Joseph. Um, if somebody comes to you, and I'm going to speak apologetically for just a minute. No, I am not apologizing for the word of God. Apologetic means to defend the word of God. If somebody came to you and says that Joseph, that Joseph was the father of Jesus Christ, what would your answer be? It has to be no. Yes, he was the caretaker of the Savior, but he did not father the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can defend that scripturally in the Word of God. And I want to show you now how that Mary's song is a song of worship. And it was a song that only she could sing. Let's read it together, will you? St. Luke chapter number 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. The essence of all Worship does not begin. Now listen to me. I want to straighten something out. I want to help our choir today. I want to help our, our, our people that worship. Real worship does not begin with a crazy wayward thought. And some people can only worship if it has to do with them. Think about it. Real worship may start in your mind thinking good thoughts, but it must always, 100% of the time, if it's real worship of God, must always envelop, it must always come around God. It can never be about you. It can never be about uh, anything that you've ever done. It always, 100% of the time, has to be about God or it is not worship. Mary says, my soul doth magnify the Lord. When was the last time you stood in our choir? When was the last time you stood in the church and you thought a thought about God that, that caused you to elevate your senses and to the point where this is what Christmas is about, amen. It's about worshiping our Savior. And when was the last time you had a thought in your mind from the Holy Spirit that made your soul want to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ? And I've got to admit this. Sometimes when I'm laboring, I'm working, I'm visiting, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something happens to me in my heart and I just want to worship. It's sad, isn't it, when a man wants to worship God and can worship God better than he can sometimes with a group of believers all around. Think about that. 
We come to church and we're bogged down with everything. Many of you have got somewhere to be today, tonight, next week, and the week after that. And Christmas has become nothing more than a time of rush, run, and hurry. Get over this. Get through that. And before you know it, the holidays are gone and you'll be like me. Your kids will be grown. And you'll wonder where the time has gone and you've never worshipped God one time. Mary said, my soul doth magnify God. Mary's singing, and I wonder what the music was and how she sung it. Would it have been like David did when he was writing the book of Psalms and he was writing these Psalms down and somebody would have put paper and pen together and music and there it would have been a, 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 an amazing metal, melody of song. Mary says, in her first words of this song, my soul, <laughs> my soul doth magnify the Lord. Let's go to the next verse. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now think about this, verse number 49. For he, hath, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Now let's think about what Mary's not doing. If you were to bear the Son of God in your bosom, and you're carrying the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, there might be a hint somewhere in there that you could say, look at me. Look how good I am. God has picked me out of everybody. But not with Mary. Mary wants to get down a little bit lower and humble. And in fact, you read the rest of this song, you're going to find out that she expresses something that I hope everybody else will do in this church today. Uh, listen, she expresses a need. A need. Everybody in this church has a need. The world has a need. I, I got in my pocket, one of the ladies of our church handed me this. And by the way, our address is not uh, Mount Gilead Baptist Church, 81 Crabapple Lane. Google needs to fix that. I don't know how to get in touch with them, but if you do, tell me. We'll, we'll call them. Young man that used to come to this church is in prison. Reached out to us as a church. Uh, and listen, everybody's got a need. I don't care where you live, what country it is. I don't care if you're rich, if you're poor. Everybody's got a need in God. And Mary says, my soul, I'm singing to the Lord now. She says, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And uh, he's, he, he that is mighty hath done, great to, hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Why could she say he is holy? Let's consider. Silence. 400 years of silence. Nobody preaching or teaching. Nobody out in the streets but proclaiming that the Messiah is coming. It was dead silent. Then all of a sudden the angel Gabriel appears and says to Mary, Hail thou that are highly favored among women. The Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou. And the angel Gabriel says, You're going to conceive. God has chosen you. God has picked you. And she says, God is high and God is holy. And now the New Testament starts. Listen to what I'm fixing to say. You cannot have a New Testament unless there is a testor to write about and speak about. Who is the New Testament about? Was it about John the Baptist? John denied it. He said, there's somebody coming. 
And I wish that we could get this spirit about us. There's somebody coming that I'm not even worthy to loose down, get down on my knees and loose the latch it off his sandal. And when the day that he finally did come over there to be baptized, John looked up out of those thousands of people, no doubt, and said, Behold. How about you this morning? Can you do like John the Baptist and say, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world? Mary, Mary knew what was going on and she understood it well and she prayed and sang. Can I share an experience that I had? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a rabbit for just a minute. I've only had this happen to me twice in the ministry. Twice. I was in a revival over in L.A.J. many years back, uh, many years ago. And... Uh, Revival had just gotten good. People were getting saved and people were coming in. They wanted to hear two preachers from Lumpkin County. And then a brother-in-law were over there running that meeting. And I'll never forget this. I sat down on the porch. of the. I'd spent all day with a community. We'd been out visiting, praying with people, working with folks. And uh, I, I told the pastor there, I said, I've got to get some time to get away and, and just, just steal away for just a minute. I've got to get a message. I've got to pray. And I went and sat on the preacher's front porch, and I'll never forget, as long as I live, I said, oh, God, I'm running on empty, and I need your help. I need you to give me a message. And no sooner as I said those words to God, the Holy Spirit gave me a scripture, the text, and the message just that quick. I turned there. I read through it and got the, the, you know, the thoughts, the outline of the scriptures that I could see in the Word of God, and I went to the house of God. I got up, the choir sang amazing. It was a, just a supernatural touch on the service. I got up in the pulpit, and I just started talking, just preaching, just got, got right down to the, the meat of the word. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I didn't ask for it. I don't know how it happened or where it came from, but the power of God came on that church and on me while I was preaching. Well, I started doing something. This is the, I've only done it twice in my whole 25 years of ministry. I was praying at the same time I was preaching. I don't know how that happens, but I was talking to God, but there was other words coming out, and it was so vivid. I, I, I don't know how it happened. I was saying... I, I was, the words were coming and I was just preaching the word of the Lord just simple and true and then while I was preaching I was praying it was like I was looking up above the people and all of a sudden I said God and I'm preaching and in my prayer I'm saying God it's good it's good for me to be here and I said God I'm not one to tell you what to do or how to do your business but somebody needs to praise you and worship you and an old saint in the back, gray-haired saint, she stood up while I was preaching. And I said, you believe in shouting? If God's in it, I do. Amen. She stood up and raised, clapped her hands and raised both hands to heaven. And she did like Mary. She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Well, I'm preaching all the while. And I'm praying all the while. And all of a sudden, she, she, she had her time. And then the service got quiet. And I said, God... Somebody else ought to worship you and praise you. And I'll tell you, worship, worship is addictive. And listen, not only is it addictive, uh, if it's real, everybody else will want to get in on it. 
And I said, God, somebody else ought to worship you. And then as soon as the thought crossed my mind and came out of my lips, somebody else over here jumped up. And the next thing you know, the whole church was worshiping God together. I preached. They worshiped. People came, got saved. And we had a powerful move of God. And listen, what I'm saying is, when God gets into the business of the worship service of God, you're going to lift Him up and not yourself. I'm about sick and tired of hearing people get up and say, Oh, me. I want to worship God. I've been in the hospital three days this week. And I've been sick and throwing up, but I'm going to worship God. You ain't no spirit to worship. You've been drugged through the muds. What's wrong with you? But real worship has a beginning, and it begins in God. 100% of the time. Now, ask yourself, how's your worship? i got to hurry and I'll be done. Let me go to verse number, let me jump down here. Let's go to verse 50. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. So true. And he hath showed strength with his arm, and he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts, and he hath put down the mighty from their seats, and hath exalted them of low degree, and that was Mary. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And I ask the question, could Mary see from one advent to the second one? And I wonder, was she worried about the space of time in between? My belief is that Zechariah did understand that he could see through the mountain peaks of prophecy. The first advent, that's what the advent means. The first advent is the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. And he did come. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia.